the amazing new West, Westport Library, iTunes, and the Quick Center at Fairfield University proudly presents Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast with me, Trace Burroughs. And me, Migs Burroughs. And uh, our guest today, uh, Rafi Ferrer, uh, comes from a uh, well-known show business family and uh, and is an actor a voiceover artist uh, among other things and uh, I think people are fascinated by voiceover artists because what what what's all involved with with being a voiceover artist well interestingly enough I mean I know some voiceover artists come from the world of radio mm -hmm. I didn't I came from the world of acting so I liken it to um, um, Andrew Wyeth's father. Yeah, yeah. Who was an illustrator, but also an artist. Yeah. So in other words, when I was, you know, when I came to New York, when I was 19, I guess, uh, you know, struggling actor, I thought, oh, well, this will just sort of, you know, pay the bills while I'm trying to get my, my big break on Broadway. You know, and then it took over. But uh, so what to say about voiceovers? Voiceovers is, 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 a, is one of the niche things that happens in the acting world. So, you know, I, I guess without radio and television, it wouldn't exist. But <laughs> yeah, um... but, but thank God it does. And you are, an, our father actually, you made the interesting analogy because our father uh, was a, an illustrator, commercial illustrator, and a fine artist as well. Um, so you, you, you understand? To some degree, yeah. Um, and, you know, once in a while, what, what is it, what is that unique quality? I mean, because sometimes, you know, you, you go to parties or something and you, you know, you, somebody mentions, oh, you've got a really good voice or you sound, are you on the radio? And the person goes, no, I have no interest in that. Right. I, you know, I don't know how to explain uh, how someone or how people respond to a voice or don't respond to a voice. But I mean, I, I have one story about being in a delicatessen on 72nd Street in West End Avenue, on a closer to West End than than, uh, than Broadway, I guess it was, and on the north side of the street. And I was looking at something in, in one of the shelves, and I heard someone order a sandwich. <laughs> and I turned around, <laughs> and it was James Earl Jones. Oh. <laughs> and, I th and I thought to myself, you know... That's why he is who he is. He's the you know gold, what I mean? He's the gold standard, I guess. But the, <laughs> the, the, well, well, one of them. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely one of them. Absolutely. I mean, Charles Kuralt's another one. Hmm. I mean, um, there, there are a few out there. There are a few out there. Anyway. I'm but, curious because Trace did some announcing um, for Nickelodeon, right? Or what I was else? on Nickelodeon for a year on a show called Total Panic. I announced prizes. Oh, yeah made of voices and so after that I thought, oh i'm gonna be a voiceover artist and i and i went send my real uh, my voice tape out to agents and so one of the agencies i think it was cunningham i don't remember it's a big agency in the voiceover field in oh, yeah. they, they called me in and the guy says to me there are people that do your voice better than you do <laughs> really 
the two yeah. you better than you. Wow. And, and it took the whole wind out of my <laughs> thing. I just and I guess I guess I wasn't so devoted to it. I you know I had it, so I just gave up. I got into some start doing something else. I was I I <laughs> I was too stupid and continued on. <laughs> you know I, I but you know it's you know I mean it's acting yeah I mean you know it's interesting because I sometimes uh teach a class for SUNY Purchase and about voiceovers and I say to my students I say you know everyone's an actor no 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 I'm not an actor I said well <laughs> when you put clothes on you go outside are you is that really you <laughs> or is it not? Because, you know, everybody has some sort of, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think everybody acts all the time uh, in in certain situations, no? Sure. I mean, people a lot, you know, if it's white lies, they tell, you know, make up stuff. They, they, pretend, right. they lie. So basically you're pretending, you're lying actually when you're acting, right? Because sure. you're, you're, yes. you're, you're have to be convincing even though it's not you, or maybe the way you would act or to a certain incident, you got to be in that character. So it's really like really great at, at lying, right? Well, and, and people right. respond to different people. I mean, even Barack Obama, who I love, you know, there's speeches of him when he's talking to a black audience, his voice is different than when he's talking to a white audience. Right, he gets more preacher-like. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he, he, he right? But, so it's, he, but it's interesting because there's, Audiences, you know, it's funny because people think that they can fool audiences, mm -hmm. whether it's on the stage or whether it's, you know, but you can't. I mean, you know, people listen to voiceovers, auditions and things, and there's something that clicks in them that subconsciously even that that uh, hooks in. And I don't know what that is, but but I was I've been lucky enough to uh, be able to tap into that in some way. I don't know. Can, can, can you give us a? But I know you guys, you guys, you guys are artists. So be cool. You said your father was a fine artist. So yeah, you, I have, I have a couple, I have a couple of artists in my family as well. There's a, there's a fellow by the, actually, my father's half brother, a guy called Raphael Ferrer. Online. Who's a mo who's who's a modern artist and used to oh. teach uh, at the uh, at the art college in Philadelphia. Yeah, he's pretty well known. Uh, I mean, so well, he was, he was, yeah, he is in certain circles. He used to be, yeah. uh, he used to be, uh, repped by, uh, um, uh, someone in, in, uh, Soho called Nancy Hoffman. Uh -huh. And, yeah. uh, I have, I have a couple of his pieces. I, I think he's good, but I mean, he's my, he's my, you know, my father's half brother. So, I mean, he's family. So why, you know, and <laughs> we have the same name. So <laughs> Well, his actually, father, his father, his father was named that. My grandfather was named that, so he was named after his father. So how far back? Well, we should just get cover the, the showbiz lineage. Right. Get that out of the way. All uh, right. So yeah. let me let me let me get that out of the way. Okay. Okay. You guys grew up in Westport. Yep. Okay, Westport. Okay, so Westport Playhouse started in 1931. Right. My father, Jose Ferrer, who was an who was an actor. Mm -hmm arrived in Westport in 1939 oh. to do to do his first show in the summertime at the Westport Playhouse uh -huh. and it was and it was Shaw's uh, Arms and the Man okay they actually still they actually still have the poster uh, up in the Playhouse sure yeah uh, on the yeah. on the wall on, yeah. the, on the back I, wall all the way up yep. yeah 
And I keep I keep saying to Mark Lemos, I'm like, if you ever don't want that poster, <laughs> I I will I will take it anytime you need. You know, because there's actually a couple of them, but the first time he showed up was was uh, 1939. The first time I knew about Westport and the Westport Playhouse was the summer of 1973. Mm. Um, my father was doing a musical version uh, in Summer Sock of uh, of Cyrano de Bergerac, and which was one of his famous roles, and. Uh, we came here in 1973. The show started here, so his he rehearsed in New York. But but we did the last week of rehearsals uh, here at the Playhouse. Uh, I look. I, I say we. He. I was 13 years old. So he said to me, "Look, here's here's a basketball. <laughs> I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to work now. Stay around near the parking lot, near the near the you know near the near the theater." I'll come in and check it on you. If you want to come in and look, you, you're, you're more than welcome. Be very quiet. But, you know, and so in 1973, you know, in the summer, and you guys will remember this, after a long, hot day and you walk into the playhouse, there's that smell of almost, there used to be that smell of almost burning wood. Yes, yes, yes. And that smell of a, after a hot, hot day, walking into that playhouse and smelling that you're like oh yeah that's wow that's that's what summer stock smells like yeah you know it's very i love the smell of the old theater it's a weird thing we we both apprenticed there at different times we're both apprentices there yeah that's very that's very cool i mean i i i love the playhouse i really do and and you know when i moved here to westport my wife who is from uh, my wife legia who is from massachusetts originally from boston but her parents live in Cape Cod. Uh, you know, I went on a map and I said, I was, we were living in New York City. And I said, all right, where do we move to? Let's see, uh, you still work in the city. Mm, you wanna be not more than an hour away? Okay, how about, I know Westport and that's where, how it started, <laughs> I started living here <laughs> again. And how did you, did your father, did your parents live here? They never lived here, did they? They never lived here. Yeah. They never lived here, but my father would, you know, do, you know, it was interesting because my father, when he was doing a show uh, on Broadway or, or uh, what he would do is in the summertime, he would take off and do uh, summer stock for a couple of months. And then if, if the show was still running, he'd come back to it. But he felt that doing summer stock, he would be able to do parts that he wouldn't be able to do anywhere else. Mm. And, you know, there were some, they were summer audiences. So in the summertime, people are more forgiving kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, you know, and, and uh, so he would go and do parts uh, in the summertime every summer. So. Um, well, that was the great that, part. Yeah. Especially about being an apprentice because we're young and everything. And yeah, in those days, you know, the top stars of stage, screen, and not so much right. television would come, and it was amazing. You'd see, you're like your father and Shelley Winters and Maureen O'Sullivan, and all these incredible people were on that stage. And you know, no, so, that's true. Yeah. No, I was going to say I have a handbill from 1973, and it has uh, my father, Seda Thompson. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, just a bunch of people doing doing this doing the season from 1973 at the Playhouse. And by the way, it was the first time it was a non-profit. 
1973 was the oh. first time oh, really? the Westport Playhouse became a nonprofit theater. So anyway. you grew up in Los Angeles, right? I did grow up in Los Angeles and in New York both. Uh, I spent uh, most of my time in Los Angeles. But because my parents were divorced, uh, I came to New York to spend time with my father. So, right. yeah. so your mother was that's a good, why your mom was Rosemary Clooney. I mean, it's just she was she was, and in in fact, um, let's see, two days ago, uh, the sixth, I posted something on Facebook and on Instagram because it was the anniversary of uh, the fifth was the assassination mm. of Bobby Kennedy. Oh yeah, and and a friend of a friend of mine sent me a photograph that I had never seen of my mother, uh, Andy Williams, and and Bobby Kennedy on the stage at the Ambassador Theater, uh, the Ambassador Hotel oh. in Los Angeles. Wow! Minutes, minutes, minutes oh. before he he walked into the kitchen. Oh my God, that. she was there. Oh, that's amazing. Um, she was she was there. Yeah, Jeez. she was there. It's chilling. Yeah, so, yeah, it's crazy. But you know, it, but it very very. In these days and times, I find a very apropos photograph and a very sad photograph, but but also mindful photograph. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. it, it really sort of uh, brings it all back again. You know. So she must have been pretty shaken being so close to. I mean, she could have if someone shot randomly. Yeah, I mean, minutes away. Yeah, but basically, what happened was was he walked off the stage, through into the kitchen. And oh. was shot in the kitchen. Oh, I didn't then, realize. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was shot in in the kitchen. So he had walked yeah. off the stage, out of the ballroom, through the kitchen to leave. To, so, with this. so, so was your? You think your involvement in show business? I mean, you are an actor as well. I mean, you've been in. You've been in, and you do voices uh, for video games and. Uh, yep. And and that movies. Was, so, was that just an an inevitable? Did you did you? Uh, resist that at all like I'm not doing what they do or did, was it just a, did it seem like so much fun you couldn't resist it oh god no I knew what I was going to be when yeah. I was uh, six years old oh, did you? the first time I, I mean yeah the first time I got in front of vines I was like ooh what's this <laughs> <laughs> people are smiling and clapping <laughs> people ooh. like me well, yeah. yes exactly right <laughs> so psychologically I don't quite know what that means but I'll my therapist later and find out. <laughs> so when you were growing up in LA, did you have, a, and your parents were, you know, well-known celebrities, did you have a lot of other celebrities like pass it in and out of your home, be, you know, friends of theirs? Yeah, there was. There was a fair amount of people, you know. Um, and also, strangely enough, people that I went to school with were sons and daughters of, you know what I mean? So that's, yeah. I mean, you know, my my brother Miguel, who was all who was also an actor, right? I'm familiar. Uh, I, um, his first girlfriend was James Coburn's daughter. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And he and and he also he also dated uh, um, uh, Kitty Bruce. Strangely enough, Kitty Bruce oh, was the Le daughter of Lenny of Lenny, Bruce. Lenny Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. So this is just normal. I mean, those kind of, it's like, you know, my brother and I, I mean, these aren't household well, names, but some of the greatest artists in the, in the world hung out at our house to talk, you know, to play poker with my father. You, yeah. Let me ask you guys, was Westport uh, an artist colony at one point? Yes. Yes? Uh, yeah, very much so. Yeah. 
I mean, it came in phases. It, it dates back to the early 1900s when some very fine artists and sculptors, uh, the guy that designed the Buffalo Nickel, I mean, there's so many, uh, you know, go on and on. And then, then it, it, in the 50s was an next resurgence when my father and, and his friends or became friends moved in because the commercial illustration became the, the, the way to make a living. Right. Photography in magazines—it was just all. Everything was illustrated. Everything right. was illustrated. Yeah, right, 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 right. And now it's right. still. I mean, we're part of a group called the Artist Collective in Westport. We have 150 members. It's still an artist community, but it's not the um, kind of cutting edge, you know, world-renowned artists. You know, the, the Stephen DeHanos and the uh, and, and the Hardy Gramatke, You know, the little and little toot uh, illustrator. Those kind of people aren't here anymore or th there's just no living to be made doing that i guess yeah no i get it i i i heard that uh and uh, correct me if i'm wrong but i heard that uh alan arkin's father lived here at one point he was an artist yeah alan oh. arkin because he played poker with our yeah alan arkin played poker with my with our dad um he'd be at our house and again we didn't appreciate it. we'd pick out the door they told us they made us stay in our rooms but they'd say dad's poker night and we'd look out there's sunny fox alan arkin who else who else was an odd group uh jack clark who was a game show oh klugman no jack klugman yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jack clark. oh klugman right 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 yeah and That's jack funny. clark was a talk show a game oh, show God. guy but um but anyway we could you give us a taste well, as a reference of I mean, voice of do a do a little uh, ten second of a commercial or something or or say anything I don't know Mary had a little lamp so we can get a sense oh, here of, I'll get let, let me let me get a script Hang how on. you earn your living yeah <laughs> yeah of course nobody <laughs> of course of course all right you ready yeah yes all right in the world's harshest environments two experienced survivalists put their skills to the ultimate test they have no food no water and no clothes. <laughs> Sorry. This is what I do. <laughs> this is, now, in the arid desert of the northeastern Brazil, now in the arid desert of northeastern Brazil, these strangers have to work together to survive 21 days, naked and afraid. Oh, you do that? Oh, that's cool. Okay, yeah, naked yeah. and afraid. I don't, I don't, I, know I don't do that. I, I, I don't do that show, but I know. that's what I would do. I There's a, a silver guy that they make fun of on, uh, like, um, in a world, another world, the in a world guy. Oh, no, the, world, yeah. That Don LaFontaine, yeah, the yeah. movie trailers, he was believable, really good. He was like, he was, the, he was the guy for movie trailers. I mean, nobody could do what he did. I mean, again, you know, he was like the J James Earl Jones of movie trailers. He really was. Yeah. I, I, he, and he helped my brother, you know, he helped guys along the way. Guys who would get in to do movie trailers and, and not have a foot in the door. And if he felt hmm. yeah. they needed help, he would help them. So, I mean, it's, it's all it's all a community in, in, in one way so, or another. Are there any voiceover insider voiceover jokes that only voiceover artists would get? Is there like kind of a... No, but there are tapes going around of certain <laughs> certain people that have melted down. Oh, really? On confines of yes. Oh. I mean, they've one one has passed away, so I could probably. Uh, there is a famous tape of uh, Orson Welles. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. And what's the tape? He, what's he doing? It's him. He's doing a commercial. Yeah. yeah. 
but he's not happy with the writing and he's not happy with the director and he's not happy. (laughs) He's not happy. So there is this, there is this, famous tape that goes around the oh, yeah. I think I think you could probably you could probably YouTube it. I think I've heard it, you know. I've heard yeah, some of Casey yeah, yeah. Kasem. I mean I've heard Casey Kasem. I never heard I, I didn't hear Casey Kasem stuff. Oh it's, it's that he goes he just loses it so bad. It, I mean he's doing a spot, a promo for his own show and you know whatever. It's fun. It's fun. Have you ever lost it? Do you have are there any hidden Rafi <laughs> tapes that, that we shouldn't we should <laughs> No, you know why? Because I'm so happy to be there. <laughs> I, I, I know that I, how lucky I am. Yeah, yeah. That I'm like, I'm like, I mean, I never lost it. I never lost it on air. Because I was <laughs> like, hmm, there's a microphone here. Hmm. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? And I was acutely aware of that. But, you know, I mean, I guess when there's pressure or you don't have enough time or something is going wrong, it happens. Something that happens. Or you get some, you know, 16-year-old director telling you what he thinks, you know, the right way to do it, maybe. Uh, and you say yes, and you try and translate it and figure out what he's talking about. You still have to go to that's what, that's a, you still have to go to auditions, or do you just like... Oh, hell yes. Really? Oh, hell yes. Oh. Oh, yes. Oh, no, that doesn't stop. <laughs> but it's weird. It's weird. It's weird, because as an actor, I hated doing auditions, uh, you know, because... When they're looking at me, it's it's a different thing. Oh yeah, you know whether it's a camera, whether it's, but it's strange because in voiceovers, here's something: in voiceovers, when I got into voiceovers, I felt it was a cocoon, and the microphone and I were kind of close friends and could just talk to each other, and that's how I approached it. So I don't know. Do you have a home? Do I do have a home studio? Yeah, I do. So do you ever have to, they ever make you go to a, not make you, but as part of the, you know, you have to come to New York to LA to do it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially in animation Uh, because they like, well, this is before COVID, but they wanted everybody to be in the same studio at the same time. I I did this, I did this show uh, called a little curious for HBO, which was a cartoon show it was sort of, uh, the age range was kind of like Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they used multimedia. So they did claymation, they did animation, they did uh, live action, they did everything. But I was playing a pencil. You were playing a pencil? <laughs> I was playing a singing, a singing pen, a singing Spanish pencil. Figure it out. Uh, <laughs> and I had two or three auditions because I had a pad who was my partner. So there was always pad and pencil together, (laughs) right? So during the auditions, during like the second or third callback, I walk into the studio or into the audition room and there's Rita Moreno. Oh. Right? Because we're both Spanish. Oh, okay. I mean, the pad pad and the pencil are both Spanish, Mm -hmm. right? And so she walks in and we we do our thing for the producers and stuff. And she stops and she says, and this is, this is, I mean, classy, classy woman. Because what she said was, I don't know if you guys want to hire me. You should definitely hire him. Oh, wow. And they ended up hiring me because, I mean, I don't know if it was because of that, but I, I think that really sort of helped. But I, I believe it helped. But, but for her to actually stop and say that yeah. was wonderful. She didn't end up doing it. 
she didn't end up doing it. But but Sandy Duncan was part of it, who's a Fairfield resident, isn't she? I think uh, she lives in Fairfield. I think so, yeah. It's yeah. interesting. It's, anyway. Yeah, that's, well, that's really nice. You know, so, she, so she was in it. She wasn't, she wasn't Pad. She was another character. But there was a woman called... Uh, I can't remember her name. Her last name was Raphael, though. It's strange. Oh. Uh, but but she was Pad, and and she said to me, she said, you know, I played. Yeah, my uh, my father did a musical called Men of La Mancha that he mm -hmm. replaced Richard Kiley doing. Oh, yeah. and he went on the, he went on the road with it, and so she said, you know, I did Men of La Mancha with your father. Wow. And now I'm playing doing Pad with you, and I was like, that's that's very nice. That's very. Funny. So, is there any yeah. did they give you as a pencil? I mean, what, what did the direct? What did they say? Like you're a number two pencil, number two, <laughs> two H, exactly. or are you a three B? Yeah. Yeah. I can yes, do a three B, one right. A. That's, that's, that's right, exactly right, exactly right, exactly. You know, no, it was just you know, I just sort of did you know, I I ripped off Raul Julia, <laughs> and uh, you know, became became the pencil, you know, and that was that. You know, you kind of. You talk like this, and you always it's very much this oh. way. You know, you know, you know sort of selfish you know, Yes, in a Spanish pencil. Yes, my dear, of course I will do this. You become Zorro, basically. You gotta find some. You gotta find somebody to hook into. So, but the and it's weird because it's weird because with voiceovers too, I find that music helps me tremendous. I mean, maybe because of my background and because of my mother. But if I play a certain piece of music, I can uh, hook into a character easily. Oh. It 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 informs me. That's why I say when I when I sometimes am on a job, I'll say to them, "Oh, do you have the music for this piece yet?" Because mm -hmm. if they play me the music, then I can kind of set the mood that way. So there's that. Oh, that's interesting. Is it, is it a rhythm of your voice necessarily, or just sets the mood? It's more just the mood. Well, if the music lends itself to spaces. Yeah. If there's holes I can get into and, and rests I can do. It will it will sometimes inform my phraseology, uh, or my you know my phrasing of, 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 of the piece. Right. But but then they'll say, well, we need it faster. So then you're like, okay. But still, but still, it informs uh, the mood. You yeah. Know? If it's somber music, somber mood, or whatever it is. If it's heroic music, it becomes something else. You know, I, I it helps me tremendously. So. Well, that's great. I believe it or not, we just have like one minute left. But I, I quickly wanted to ask you, how many voices, different voices, do you think you've done in your animations, your video game work? Uh, do you, any count? I mean, do you have you know, just dozens, no hundreds? Yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for nearly thirty years, so it's been a lot. Yeah, but I mean individual character kind of thing, characters. I I always yeah. have I don't know. There are, there's always characters running around in my head. So, I, I, you know, anyway. I wanted to talk about running and about <laughs> and about the marathon too. Oh well, yeah. We can do that in a, well, no, basically because I I know that you're a runner. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we talked about it on the telephone. Uh my mother uh, uh um, when she passed away, ultimately passed away from uh, lung cancer. And I was a smoker at the time mm -hmm. because I started smoking. Uh, my mother was working with Bing Crosby at one point in the 70s in England, and I learned to smoke there. Mm 
because mm. I thought, you know, I was 17 or 18. I thought it was cool. Look cool, yeah. Yeah, man. It's New. It's 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 London, London town. You mm. know. And uh, anyway, so, but when that happened, I realized, oh well, okay, I've got to stop doing this because if she died of lung cancer, that means that there could be uh, a chance mm. that it's you know hereditary. So I better not do this anymore <laughs> so i put a cigarette out i put the cigarette i remember exactly when i put the last cigarette out and then uh i was as i was saying to you i said i thought to myself well i've got to take an addiction and 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 put it change it with another addiction so i started running and so whenever i wanted a cigarette i'd put my short i was living in los angeles i put my shorts on and i would just run a block uh mm. you know half a mile 10 miles whatever it was until I stopped feeling that wanting a, a cigarette. Uh, and as a result of which, I found myself running long distances, longer distances than I thought. I remember I, I, I found myself running at one point, and I didn't even know how far, but I didn't have any water with me. Oh, God. Yeah, and it was like 18 miles. And I came back to the gym, and they were like, Jeez. You didn't have any. You didn't have any water with you, and I was like, "Yeah, I know." They're like, "No, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." That's a but eventually, eventually, uh, you know, when my mother passed away, I thought to myself, "Well, why am I running? Why am I running?" So mm. I said, "Okay, I'm running. I'm running to train for a marathon. That's why I'm going to run, and I'm going to do it in her honor." So I did that. Oh, great! And 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 I uh, uh, made up T-shirts, and I had people. Uh, some people running with me, other people in the crowd with her T-shirts on. And my mother uh, loved, uh, well, when she drank, she liked absolute vodka. Uh -huh. So yeah. basically, I had my uh, nephew, who is an art director and an illustra <laughs> illustrator. Here we go again. <laughs> uh, he actually was an art director for uh, Survivor, for the reality show Survivor oh, for, yeah. many for many seasons. But he's now doing commercials and movies. And the last one of the last movies he worked on was uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Oh yeah, so, great movie. So yeah, so he's he's doing well. Anyway, I had him do this logo of uh, a, a a single rose in an absolute bottle mm. with a with a with a uh, twist of lemon next to the absolute bottle because my mother used to drink vodka martinis with a twist of lemon. Uh, and, and it, and it, and, uh, in, I mean, there may be copyright infringements, but the, <laughs> the logo, the logo, the logo said absolute mama, because uh -huh. in, in, in that kind of, you remember the absolute ads? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Where, diff, where, where, diff, where different artists would do. Sure. Absolute. Yeah. Those Warhol. Yeah. yeah those all those. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's, that's the, that was, that was the uh, logo to, to, to imitate those, those those ads those magazine ads oh cool and so what was it the la marathon did you run the la marathon yeah. yeah 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 and it was it was hard <laughs> very difficult i don't know where, where trace lived in la i don't know where where does it go through where did you live trace in you didn't I, live in i lived in beverly hills in brentwood but the beverly hills was right you know like i lived on beverly glen boulevard like right so that split between went that split westwood from beverly hills so i lived on the beverly hills side and rented a room and then i lived in brentwood down by a lot too far from where 
the OJ thing happened on Dorothy oh, Street. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. No, but uh, it the, the 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 marathon that I ran started in downtown LA, went around and then came back to downtown LA. Now the route is starting in downtown LA and you go all the way out to the ocean and you finish you finish out at 70 cent at the end of 70 cent day. Oh. Yeah. That sounds familiar because I actually I was training when I went to visit Trace way 1980 because that was my first marathon in 81 and I ran from wherever your his was Venice Beach was like nine 18 miles round trip so I don't I don't it was just a blur but that was my training route at the time. Do you still do marathons? No no I'm way I can barely I, I just I try to go out every day just to just to be active and make sure I can still move. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get. I totally get that. I totally get that. Yeah, I that. can't run but, that distance. Yeah. But it's weird when when I was training for the marathon, you start like, you start if you're driving in a car, you start like looking at the road a That's different it. way. Yeah. And you look at you look at the rise of the road, and you think, oh, okay, there's a hill. <laughs> you, start, yeah. you know what I mean? And you start looking at things much more, much differently. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, and the time, just, well, the way we're going through this has changed the, our perception of time. But yeah, it's an it was an interesting, I did five of them in the wow. 80, 80, 80 through 84. Um, so the first one I did was Alberto Salazar broke the, the world record as 208.10 or something. And I was I still, that. I think I was still in Staten Island when he crossed the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, what was your fast? What was your fastest marathon? Uh, two fifty nine. I just squeaked under three. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. But that was. I was I was much much slower than that. But I, I loved it when I did it. I couldn't do it now. And, but I and you it. haven't smoked since, I, I presume. No, God, no, 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 yeah. no, not at all. I mean, I don't see the point. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I really don't. No, but I mean, like, I loved it. Mm -hmm. And I loved and I loved the smell of it, and I loved and I loved the um, what what's the word I'm looking for? I loved the all the accoutrement that came with it. Sure, yeah. But you know, I I uh, no God no I don't not anymore no. And and I don't know. It's weird because I stopped. I mean, did it affect my voice? Mm. Oh, that's interesting. People, yeah. People ask me that like. Because, you know, all of a sudden I had high notes that I didn't have before. Oh, oh really? Expanded your range? Yes. Yeah. And when I was, was smoking, was my, was my range, you know, was my voice always down here like this or, or you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, was I always talking on my chords like yeah. that? Or, and now am I more up in here because yeah. it's clear? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So, anyway. You guys never smoked cigarettes? I smoked like a one, tried it like when I was 13 and it made me nauseous. <laughs> yeah, no, never, you know, just weed in college and occasionally, but not, no, 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 never did cigarettes. Um, no, the interesting thing is, is now at the Mayo, because my mother, my mother's operation was at the Mayo Clinic and she used to go to the Mayo Clinic. She has a, a foundation uh, that is for pulmonary research at the Mayo Clinic in oh. her name, the Rosemary, the Rosemary Clooney Foundation. So nice. if anybody listening wants to uh, donate to the Rosemary Clooney Foundation at the Mayo Clinic for pulmonary research, you're more than welcome to do that. <laughs> not, to, not to be an no. obvious plug, plug, but I wanted to get that. Oh, out. 
no worthy plug well now we are up against the deadline because i realize we're on we're on uh, our zoom time all right to 40 minutes so we're they're gonna all right instead of just having us cut off we'll just uh, thank you very much and thank you thank you fellas and i love talking to you guys and listen i i, I uh, it's nice to see you guys and uh, i saw you in your car the other day but i was behind you so you didn't see me but Meg. oh me yeah running red lights probably but no thank you for no 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 we were we were on king's highway i was oh. behind you and you're going oh. towards oh. town oh. And I made a turn to where i live so but it's always good to see you because i can tell by your license plate yeah and it's hard to hide <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much yeah thank, thank you. you guys and trace thank you very much i'll talk to you later off you know i've got some more things i want to ask you about. okay terrific all right see ya thanks